Ireland for biz number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold and a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. He's got it! 984, a world record for Donovan Bailey and a gold medal! A perfect score. 10.0 for Dante Cavanici. A perfect score. The first time I've never seen it Welcome once again to Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast as we continue our interviews series with you here on the program and starting a bit of a special interviews section that we're going to bring you today. The first of a few classic interviews that we've gone into the vault and you might be thinking, well, hang on a minute, you guys aren't really that old. You only came about because of the Rio Olympics and that is true. But uh, throughout my personal radio career and various other podcasts and various other ventures, I've had the pleasure of interviewing several uh, Olympic athletes and uh, people involved with the Olympics over the years. So we thought we'd go into that vault and bring you some of these classic interviews with some of these uh, great champions that I've had the pleasure of chatting to over the years. The first one that we're going to bring you today is a 2009 interview I did with Jane Savile. Now, we did mention a little bit, I think, in our very first episode of Off the Podium when we were talking about uh, some of our memories of past Olympics. I think Jared and I both brought up Jane Savile, who, uh, for those who might not be aware of, famously known for in Sydney, about to walk into the stadium in the in the sport of race walking, leading the pack and disqualified cruelly just as she's entering the stadium. It was one of the, the lasting images from an Australian perspective of those games. And uh, after such disappointment that she felt throughout that uh, that Olympics, she picked herself up, came back to Athens four years later, and won a bronze medal. And uh, just such a, an incredible story for Jane after such you know tragic circumstances brought her then to go on to, to win a bronze medal. And it was a very entertaining chat. I have to say that uh, easily one of my favourite interviews I've ever done throughout my career was with Jane Savile. So uh, let's go back to the year 2009 and hear my chat that I did with Jane. Now, you might also hear some strange questions at the end of this, and uh, that was kind of a brink staple where we would ask a five set of questions to each of our guests. And you will also hear references, I believe, to the Hobart 2020 Olympic bid, which we did mention throughout the uh, Off the Podium series through Rio. So sit back and enjoy my chat with Jane Savile from 2009 on my former show, The Brink. Now, we're very excited to have our next guest on the show. She is an Olympic bronze medalist and three times Commonwealth Games gold medalist in the sport of race walking. Earlier this year, she did announce her retirement from the sport after a career spanning more than 20 years, but continues to support community health and fitness programs as well as being involved with the International Association of Athletics Federations. Please welcome to the brink, Jane Savile. Jane, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for having me on, Ben. Now, first of all, Jane, how has retirement been? Have you enjoyed the last eight months away from the sport? Yes, I have, actually. It's, it's, It's been great to be a spectator. I um, went to a couple of races and, and I enjoyed uh, watching from the stands the, the World Championships in Berlin, which was an amazing World Championships. The, the Germans really got behind the whole meet and I just ha- I had the best time. Just I was a, an athletic fanatic for, for eight days there in Berlin and just had a ball. So it's been nice. I've tried to keep relatively fit and um, 
just you know not put on too much weight although i am pregnant now so um, congratulations thank you yes it's very exciting so lots has changed sort of in the last eight months a future race walker in the in the making there oh i don't know about that we'll see (laughs) as long as they're fit and healthy who cares (laughs) now do you miss the competition at all um i did a little bit like when the races were on i was thinking oh it'd be nice to be out there but then i don't miss the training that that's what i don't miss and i don't miss the injuries that sort of i had in the later part of my career so um there's some aspects of course that i miss and i miss my friends so it was great to catch up with them at some of the races during the year when i was a spectator so yeah it's it's aspects that you do miss but certainly not the hard long hours out there by yourself i can understand that now when you're actually watching it say when you're at the world championships this year do you sit back and watch and sort of think oh look at their technique they're doing well or do you are you very judgmental of people's techniques unfortunately i am actually (laughs) (laughs) and i suppose people in glass houses shouldn't you know throw stones as they say but you know i think that comes with the territory of being a race walker and but i'm certainly no judge by by far from that but you still pick up things and uh, you you think that some athletes are looking good and some athletes aren't but you know at the end of the day it doesn't really matter what i think (laughs) it's the judges out there how did you actually originally get involved in race walking um i just started with little athletics when i was four years of age and um i didn't start with race walking i just did all the events and had lots of fun and for me sport was just a a social thing and uh, played lots of sport growing up but predominantly was athletics and and swimming and surf life-saving and i did them all at a national level up until i was i think 18 with still water swimming and then 21 i finished off uh, surf life-saving that's when i started focusing just solely on race walking and really training hard for that and and made the olympics in 96 so yeah it was sort of you know uh, i just got i was better at it i suppose and things that you do well at you, you seem to enjoy more and uh, that's what made me a race walker so making that team though in 1996 that must have been amazing yeah it was really fantastic you know, i look back and just think wow i was so naive though and i look back and think wow if i'd only known back then what i know now you know what could have done <laughs> but it was it was a great experience and um it's a real contrast to, to later olympics and um certainly learning about yourself and coping with the nerves in the olympics and uh, the, the big pressure there and even though there wasn't any pressure on me to do well i put a lot of pressure on myself and um yeah it was it was a really good learning experience and it was just such a great buzz to, to walk out into the stadium and your first olympic games i certainly could imagine that would have been amazing now as of course i mentioned in your introduction you went on to win a bronze medal at the athens olympics and you did go on to win three commonwealth games gold medals all of them obviously fantastic achievements is there a favorite out of all of those though um well athens was you know fantastic because i'd come back after the disappointment of sydney and it's, it's really hard to to time your body and your training so well to, to peak on one particular day every four years so i was really proud of myself that i came back and i fixed my technique and everything so that was a huge high for me and i think with the commonwealth games they've all they've all got their special moments but winning in 1998 was probably the biggest because i didn't expect to nobody expected me to win let alone myself i was going in hoping of a bronze medal i thought that'd be really lovely if i could get third in this race and i'll be happy with that and then in the last kilometer i took over my hero who was kerry saxby and um, I, I ended up beating her and so so i sort of came out of the blue there so that was a really really you know high moment of my career and a real breakthrough for me as well and also mentioning two back to the olympics at athens the footage of course of you is you know pretty famous of you up there on the podium tears in your <laughs> eyes there's always pictures of me crying. They're either the happy tears or sad tears. I always got this terrible expression on my face. But I'll take uh, the, the photos from Athens. And, yeah, they, they really moved me even now. I had to do a presentation here in Sydney a couple of weeks ago. And I played the, the footage. And, um, you know, I didn't expect to cry. It was just spontaneous, overwhelming emotion. 
and I knew the man that was giving me the medal. I'd, he'd taken me away. He's um, on the, the, the committee of the IAAF and um, he, he'd taken me on trips overseas. He's an Australian guy, Bill Bailey, and it was just so lovely to share that moment with him and I gave him a big hug and it was just really a fantastic moment. Do you actually harbour any ill will, though, knowing that both the people that beat you had returned positive drug tests at some stage in their career? Yeah, you know, it depends on the day. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I, um, it's a sad... You know, there's lots of people in sport that could talk about that, what could have, would have, should have been. And, um, you know, I, it, it's sad part of sport, but that's just human nature. People will go out and cheat. But, look, they, they were clean. Um, they, they passed their tests in 2004. So, you know, there's nothing you can say there. It's, 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 it's sad for the sport and sad for sport in general that people do resort to those sort of tactics. But, as I said, people do it all the time in business and in life they cheat and they find uh, easier ways out to, to do things and be successful. So you just have to live with that. Now, you... You did mention briefly a second ago, obviously, most people do remember you for that moment at Sydney. Do you get sick of people referring to you as the person who got that close to the gold medal? Do you wish they would just focus on your actual results? <laughs> um, oh, look, it's part of my history and I can't really shy away from it. And, and in many ways, you know, that's all people know, that's all people know me for. They don't actually realise that I did win a bronze medal four years later. So, um, you know, it can be a little bit frustrating at times, but, I, you know, you've got to take the good with the bad and that's what the Olympics are all about and there's so many highs from Olympic Games but there's so many lows for, for, for many athletes So, and I think that's what makes them so special. They're only once every four years and, and you, you have to take the good with the bad and, and, you know, that's part of my career and sometimes I might look back and think, oh, it would have been so great to win but then in saying that, I probably wouldn't have had such a long career. I may have retired earlier and I wouldn't have felt that euphoria that I felt on the, the podium in, in Athens if I'd won in Sydney. So, you know, it's it's you, I, there's two ways you can look at it and I'm trying to look at it more positive way. Did you ever actually get a chance to meet the judge who gave you that red card? But if you yeah, haven't, right. would you like to? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because what a lot of people don't realise is in race walking, the chief judge who actually disqualifies you, or back then in 2000, the rules have changed a little bit since then, but back then in 2000, the man that held the red paddle up to me was basically just a messenger. Three other judges in the, on the course had given me red cards, so he was just telling me that I was disqualified. So most of Australians wanted to kill him and injure him and, you know... <laughs> The poor guy. And um, in actual fact, he was just the messenger. And it was a perfect example of don't shoot the messenger. And so lots of people have held sort of ill will against him. And I never really did. But I actually met him for the first time. I, I, I don't remember his face or anything. And um, he's an Italian judge. And I met him two years ago at a race. And then again this year, I saw him at another race. And he actually had the red paddle. It was his own personal red paddle that he used. And we, we got some funny photos at this, this function that were out of him disqualifying me and me with a really serious face and <laughs> just be really silly. So, you know, I, I certainly don't have any ill will towards him. He was doing his job and uh, somebody had to do it. And I actually feel a little bit of sympathy for him at that time. I remember actually when it happened, just the amount of grief that was outpouring. I mean, obviously Australia was just taken over by the Olympics, but it was it was just amazing. I mean, surely you must have gotten some decent support out of it. Oh, look, you know, I, I actually, I was embarrassed. I felt like the biggest loser. I just thought, what do I do? I didn't know where to go. I ran back up the, 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 the ramp because I thought, well, my parents and my, my fiancé at the time were out in the running to the stadium and they didn't know that I'd been disqualified and how embarrassing all these people expected me to come into the stadium, what do I do? And I just, I was totally embarrassed. And But it was the opposite effect. Everyone was so proud of me. I had people coming up 
for days later and at the last lap nightclub they, they dedicated a song to me that night and and you know so I just had this overwhelming support and it was it was fantastic it was really lovely because I wasn't a winner and I didn't win the gold medal I didn't you know do anything really I felt like the biggest loser so this this support that came through and everyone was proud of me and it was a really lovely feeling to, to have that support behind me you didn't win the gold but you won the nation's hearts yeah absolutely and, and that's what I said you know the, the Olympics so many things happened during Olympic Games and and that 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 low period for me was certainly an interesting an interest the, the effect that I had on people in the Australian public was very interesting mentioning about your family before uh, you come from a very sporting family with your father a second grade rugby league player for the Rabbitohs and yeah. uh, your mother an athletics coach as, as well sorry you should mention your sister is also a race walker too but uh, how big is the, the trophy cabinet at your house you must have a pretty big space there for all the medals and everything <laughs> Yeah, well, we were trying to do a clean out. Um, yeah, to get rid of a few things. Mum doesn't have, mum and dad don't have as much room anymore, and it's it's more the the, the clothes from all our teams now because we get, we've been on so many teams over the last sort of fifteen to twenty years that you know you, you get so much gear, and we're very proud of it. But it's, it's storing all that stuff. So, and then my husband, he he was a professional cyclist up until two years ago, and um, he represented Australia at the the Olympics in two thousand and two thousand uh, two thousand and four as well. So, um, he's I, I went to our garage. And he's still got some trophies from like little athletics when he was 12. So <laughs> I've got rid of those ones. And now I said, it's time for you to get rid of those <laughs> ones as well. Put the Olympic medal up there and just be like, look, this is, this is the main one. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's at mum and dad for safekeeping. Do you actually have, a, you know, sitting at the dinner table with your husband, Matt, I mean, considering you get to travel the world with your chosen sports, I mean, it must give some interesting dinner table conversations there. Yeah, well, when we're together, <laughs> it does, you know, he's been working really hard at... He's now a manager of a professional cycling team in Europe, so um, he's been uh, very busy, more busy than he was when he was an athlete. So, um, yeah, look, we've got some great stories and um, we've experienced some incredible things and it's been fantastic because we've been able to experience them together, you know, the Olympics and Commonwealth Games together. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, you know, we're very fortunate that we've been able to lead such successful lives and and we've met so many fantastic people and, uh, you know, we can enjoy that. And Matt's still involved with cycling at an elite level, so he's still uh, sort of living the dream but on the other side of the, the post now you of course when you won the gold medal in Melbourne for the Commonwealth Games you're up there with your sister who did finish second I mean that must have been pretty special too oh look Melbourne was fantastic and you know I'm, I'm a Sydney sider and I love love New South Wales but I have to say that, that Melbourne they love their sport a lot more than, than Sydney siders and, and New South Wales people uh, I'll give that to them I won't give too much credit down there to, to the Victorians but you know <laughs> they did put on a fantastic Commonwealth Games and the crowd out there at uh, the Docklands and, and then to receive my medal in the MCG you know I've never the first time that I went to the MCG was actually for the opening ceremony to carry <laughs> the Australian flag so and then the second time was when I received my gold medal so I certainly got some fond memories of the MCG and it has nothing to do with you know the usual sports that are there I'd and, say um, so yeah so you know Melbourne was a great games and um, you know I was really proud of Australia and uh, just had such a fun time and Nat was there and she raced really well and mum and dad and we had lots of friends down there it was just such a joyful occasion. Do you actually feel that race walking as a sport is underpromoted and do you think that more people should get involved in it? Oh look, I, I, we're never going to be the Blue Ribbon event and we understand that but yeah, I, I 
think that it doesn't get uh, as much credit as it, prob- uh, it probably should and uh, I think we can do a lot more as athletes and, and myself as a, a former athlete to promote this sport and I just think to, to make pe- help people understand the sport because I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about the sport and how it's judged and, and there's, you know, race walking can be such an exciting event and like some of the most exciting events have been the 50 kilometre walks that I've, I've watched and they go for four hours and the tactics involved and you think one guy's going to win because he's five minutes ahead of, at halfway and then he blows up and, and, and is vomiting over the side and the next person comes through and some of the most exciting races have been the longer ones so look I think we can we can certainly work on it but um, you know we're, it, there's lots of sports out there and Australia is so successful in so many sports that you know we, we're going to have to work hard to, to make it a, a, one of the, the better sports and more promoted sports in, in this country definitely and with the 50 kilometre walk that you were talking about that's 10 kilometres longer than the marathon so I suppose they kill a bit more sorry for the fact they've got to go 10 k's longer than the marathon guys yeah yeah definitely and you know sometimes I think you know people don't realise how fast race walkers do walk like when Nathan Deeks broke the world record down in Geelong a few years ago he went through the marathon the, the 42 kilometre marathon um, down there in under three hours wow and for most people they can't run a marathon in that time like for your average jogger to go under three hours that's a huge barrier and he did it race walking and then went on to do just under eight kilometres more so we are moving very fast and a lot of my friends that hadn't seen the event before came and, and watched me a few times whether it was Commonwealth Games or even just at the national championships and they were like wow we didn't realise how fast you guys go and so we do move along quite fast I haven't actually had the chance to witness it in person but from what I've seen when I've watched the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games I've then sort of got the urge to go oh yeah that looks easy yeah. you try it it's not easy <laughs> no no it's not need a bit of coordination and uh, well actually the national championships are being held in Hobart yes. um, next year in, in February so you could go down and have a, check it out I think so I'll put, I'll put my entry I'll put my name down to yeah, be an entrant well, in it absolutely why not I know? could be the next Jane Savile who knows <laughs> yeah you, you won't don't try 50 kilometres first up, <laughs> but do the 20 yeah for sure I'll, I'll just go I'll start small and build it up build yeah it up. yeah definitely yeah <laughs> now um, what is actually your role with the IAAF well I'm just on the race walking committee so basically um, there's about I think there's about eight or nine of us on there from all over the world and um, I'm the Oceania representative and uh, we just try and uh, promote race walking uh, and uh, give guidance to the IAAF on how we can improve race walking the judging of race walking um, any aspect to do with the event um, we, we try and give guidance to, to the IAAF sort of more of an expert guidance to, to, to everything to do with the event so yeah it's, it's been it's my second year on the, the, the committee and it's been interesting and I've learnt a lot um, and it's, it's a lot of hard work but it's, it's great and I really enjoy putting back into the sport and certainly learning from some of the older members of the committee and some of them are race walking judges and some of them have got different views and, and even the different nationalities have different ideas on where they see the sport going so it's really interesting I'm really enjoying my time on it That's great it gives you something to do I suppose in your retirement doesn't it? Yeah certainly it's, it's, and it's been good because I've been based in Europe um, with my husband so I could attend a few more me- a few more meetings more easily than I would have if I'd been in Australia Now do you ever actually say when you're walking down the street or going to the shop or that just get some milk that do you do you ever feel awkward just walking normally not race walking oh, do you ever sort of go oh I want to throw in some moves no no <laughs> <laughs> not at all I'm actually a very slow walker in the street I'm a bit of a dawdler but um, I found this year when um, I was trying to keep fit and I wanted to race walk um, I was running a little bit and then I'd try and mix it up and do a little bit of race walking and, and walking when I go for an actual walk walk not just walking down the street but when I want to do some exercise I'd like to go a bit faster than just normal walking so I was trying to race walk a little bit but I found all my old injuries kept nagging me so uh, 
I've tried to go. I've got to try and get get on top of those before I sort of get back into to doing a little bit more race walking. But uh, hopefully, you know, I've given them a bit of a rest now. They won't come back and haunt me when I just want to do a, a half an hour race walk every now and then. <laughs> I, I certainly try and give you know the the half an hour daily walk, the exercise that they sort of promoted. I think you know today when I try that, I'll, I'll try and do some of the race walking. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch your techniques. Don't let anyone give you any stick if you're out on the road either. Just ignore them. Yeah, <laughs> screw the cars. I mean, yeah. you know, they can go around me. I'll do. I'll do Kath and Kel style from oh Kath and Kim. Oh my goodness, I know. Oh, <laughs> Kel is, you know, and the outfit. If you've got the outfit to go with it, then you'll be set. I'm sure my dad has something somewhere. <laughs> I'll, 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 every, everybody's dad has something like that. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give him a call. Go yeah, it's not in fashion now, though, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, that you mentioned that you're pregnant, I was going to say, do you have any plans for a comeback? But I suppose that's completely no. off the table now, isn't it? Yeah, look, no. Um, I, the girl, actually, the Irish girl, um, who I'm very good friends with, Olive O'Loughnan, she came second at the World Championships this year and she's got a three-year-old daughter and she said, see, look what you can do. And I'm thinking, no, no, no chance of that. I, I certainly <laughs> don't want to, you know, uh, get back into that at all. I, I, I don't have the time and um, I really want to devote it more to, to my family and, uh, and yeah, just keeping well, not, not necessarily super fit. You can see also like Kim Kleisers, you know, she came back from retirement this year to win the US Open. Oh, I know, yeah. Inspirational, Jane. I couldn't, I couldn't see myself doing that, no. <laughs> well, I t- I'll tell you what, in 2020 for the Hobart Olympics, we'll guarantee you a gold medal. We'll make sure no judges are near the stadium when you're coming that way. We'll make sure all the other competitors are disqualified and we will guarantee you Olympic gold. How does that sound? Well, if you can guarantee it, then I will definitely make I'll only be, what, 2020? I'll only be 45. Oh, look, you don't oh, even have to I'll race be walk. Spring chicken, yeah. Gee, oh, it'll be fine. I was actually looking at the, the 2020 Olympics and I think, you know, Hobart, that would be the most southern Olympic Games ever been held, wouldn't it? Because I, it's further south than Rio. I think it is, yeah. yeah. So, look, you know, it's, it's a, I think it's a fantastic opportunity there and you've got enough B&Bs down there to, to settle up the whole Olympic family. A lot of people have been talking about the fact, they're saying, like, you know, you couldn't build an Olympic village here, you don't have enough room. We're, we're very hospital people in Hobart. We could we could bill it, we could, like, have, you know, the athletes. We were sort of talking about, you know, they didn't have the same bolt in your bedroom, staying well, with you for the Olympics. I think Olympics. that's perfect. Get back to the roots. We don't need any of this brand new accommodation. Billeting, get back to that, I think. That was in, when I was an under under 12, I went to Darwin and we were billeted out in and for a couple of nights. And I think, you know, every athlete, you'll get to experience Hobart like it should be experienced. And I think that the people were nice enough, were, you know, welcoming enough. And Absolutely. we can help them train. We've got some great places, especially for race walkers, you know. We've perfect got, we're nice there. and flat in many areas. Look, I, you know, the, the, the demographics down there, I think you could hold it with, you know, one hand tied behind your back. You'll be fine. No oh, problems. That's the thing. I mean, Brisbane think they've got, they think they've got it in the bag for like 2020, 2024. We've got news for them. It's not going to happen. Yeah, no, you'll steamroll them. <laughs> now, um, have you ever actually tried to teach your husband the techniques of race walking? Oh, it's, it's a laugh. It really is. He did it a little athletics when he was younger, of course. But, um, yeah, he's got a funny technique. I don't know whether it'll, yeah, there's not a lot of speed there. And being on a bike for, you know, most of his life, he's got the fitness. But, yeah, I'm not sure about the technique. He looks a bit funny when he does it. I'm I try sh- and give him tips. I'm sure you'd be better on a bike than he would say you'd be better walking. I don't know. I, I Actually, he would argue with that because I'm very poor on a bike. I, I lose concentration. You've got to balance. And I like looking at houses and then I veer <laughs> off. I look to the right, veer to the left. And, yeah, it's a bit of a disaster m- myself on a bike. <laughs> I have an actual confession to make. I actually don't even know how to ride a bike. I never oh, had my well. entire life. <laughs> I'm one step ahead of you there. there exactly. <laughs> I suppose walking, you don't really need to, You learn that when you're one. It's I mean, easy, yeah. yeah. Bike riding. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
anyone can walk. It's, yeah. you know, who cares about the bikes? That's the thing. People ask me when I started walking, like, I think I was about nine months or ten months. <laughs> so, been training a long time. It's a pretty obvious question, I suppose. I mean, it's easy to ask, you know, your husband, when did you start riding a bike? But when you go to Jane, when did you start walking? Start walking, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, would you want the real time or do you want race walking time? Now, we're almost out of time now, Jane, but we will wrap things up with a set of questions we like to ask our guests. Now, we usually have five questions, but since my co-host Josh is not with me today, it will have to be whittled down to four questions oh, if that they're is all right. They're not hard, are they? Oh, well, some people think they are, some oh, people think no, they're not. The pressure. I didn't know that you were going to ask me questions like that. We, <gasps> we don't like to tell our guests because we like to keep them on the spot, see, so the answers Excellent. are just perfect. Oh. I'm going to start you off with a really hard one, Jane. Oh. What is your favourite type of cheese? Oh, camembert. Camembert. Oh, see, you got to love camembert, don't you? Yeah, I like my... Although I haven't been eating much of it since I've been pregnant, so um, once, I, once I've got this baby out of my tummy, then I'll be eating a lot more of it. <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll have sort of cravings one night for, like, cheese on wheat bix or some oh, weird gosh, combination. Thank goodness I haven't had any of those strange things. So, yeah, it's been good so far. So far, so far. Uh, question number two. Are you a folder or a scruncher? Uh, I'm a folder. Folder. We love the folders. Yeah, excellent. We are very intelligent people, the folders. Oh, really? Wow. Yes. <laughs> You've got to put those scrunches aside, you know. They, yeah. they waste it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the question Question number, well, this is actually question number four. Are we alone in the universe? Ooh. Very in-depth questions we it like is. to ask you. Oh, the pressure. No. No. See, the short answers, that's what we like. We had the Premier of Tasmania on, and he just gives complete in-depth answers, politician-style answers. He's politician, so, yeah. you know, he, it's, did he even answer the question, though? He, well, he pretty much avoided it. Yeah, well, that's, that's perfect. He's done his job well, then. <laughs> he certainly has. He likes to do that to Tasmania sometimes, too, but that's another story. <laughs> um, and the final question i ask for you, Jane, is what event would you like to see at the Hobart 2020 Olympics? Now, this is just not your run-of-the-mill sport. It can be anything. We've got poop lotto tiddlywinks, water aerobics, you name it, you can have it. What would you like to see? Um, captain Ball. Do you know what Captain Ball is? I don't think I'm familiar with it. Oh, well, it's a, it's a game you play in teams, and we played it at primary school, and um, there's about six or eight, and you have to throw the ball, and everyone bops down. There's someone out the front um, throwing the ball, everyone's in a line, and then the person at the back catches the ball, runs to the front, and you do it all over oh, again until yes. the person... Yes. I don't know what, you, what you guys call it. I think it's called Soldier Ball down oh, here. Oh, well, Captain Ball, Soldier Ball, whatever. Similar, similar. I think that should be in for sure. I think there's been a lot of kids, school kids, primary schools out there training very hard for that. They, they do. It's just, they play it all the time. It's things like dodgeball and all these other sports <laughs> that you could just... That would be even better. Oh, it would we be, wouldn't get it? Vince Vaughan down there. Oh, yes. You know, like Ben Stiller and they could yeah. just, you know... Oh. Oh. You're on fire with your events now. Oh, look, uh, we'll give, we'll have a list. They're on the website of just some of the things we've had. I mean, we had Vanessa Amorossi. She's doing water aerobics in the water. She's thinking it would be, like, fantastic to have all these people going to music. And when, when we had Paul O'Brien from Home and Away, he's thinking golf but taking pot shots at the cast of Neighbours. So, I mean, you could get all the judges who have disqualified you in your entire career of race walking. We can hit them with it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, do table tennis with their little red cards and, you know, fling ping pong balls at them. I like you and I years, man. Fantastic. Well, Jane Savile, thank you very much for your time here in The Brink. It certainly has been a pleasure and good luck with the pregnancy and everything else that goes your way. Thanks a lot, Ben. (laughs) 
definitely a fun interview and, uh, no, it's been about eight years since that interview, but thanks again, Jane, for your time on the show. Should you happen to stumble this and go, I didn't give an interview to Off The Podium. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a few of these people perhaps seeing these online that might be being shared. But we've got more of these classic ones coming your way. Stay tuned. Off The Podium podcast on Facebook. Easiest way to start today that way. And, of course, easiest way to get these episodes direct to your speakers, subscribing to us on iTunes. And remember to rate, leave feedback for us while you're there. We appreciate the support and feedback. But uh, once again, appreciate you listening, and we'll be back very, very soon here on Off the Podium. <laughs>